Welcome to the Foolish Adventure Show, where guru hype is banned, lifetime value of a customer is king, and the internet business has replaced the J-O-B as the path to financial success and personal freedom. Now, here's straight talk about making a living online with your host, Tim Conley. Hey everybody, this is Lane Amen. Welcome to another episode of Foolish Adventure. I am here with my trusty co-host, Tim Conley. Tim, how are you doing? Yo, what's up, Lane? Uh, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff going on, but that's good. It's uh, when things aren't happening that you worry, right? <laughs> um, not, not for me, you know, because uh, I, I am publicly outed as being lazy, so <laughs> when... <laughs> when uh, thing when things slow down, I'm actually quite happy. Um, <laughs> you but- know that that actually segues very nicely into our topic today, which is five steps to doing enough. And uh, the way this came about is that you and I were talking a little bit about how I, at this point in my business, feel like there's never an end point. There's never, I can always send another email. I can always um, create another blog post, do another podcast, et cetera, et cetera. And what happens is a lot of times I feel ineffective or I feel like I can never relax because there's always more to do. And that's kind of where we came up with this idea of how do we, how do we as, as business owners and designing a lifestyle that's livable and that's enjoyable, how do we, how do we get to enough? <laughs> yeah, which, which is pretty tricky since there is no such thing as enough. And I'm, you know, kind of just playing around here, but there isn't like a line that says this is enough. Right. There, there truly isn't one. It's a very personal decision as to what's enough in your life. Uh, you see people who work really hard and go uh, just build like gigantic businesses and become billionaires, and you and they continue to work. And people think, well, why are they still working? They're billionaires. And so, because there's never such thing as enough. The money, like for them, you may be looking at it like, oh, these billionaires, and you're looking at the money. And for them, it's they're looking at the work that they do as fulfilling. So they can, and and I think that's a, a lesson that maybe we'll go into here is that there's no such thing as enough fulfillment. Mm. You know, yeah, when yep. when you're when you're enjoying what you're doing, it's hard to get enough of when you're having a great time. Yep. And I, th- I think it was talking about like moguls, business moguls. I think it was Rockefeller when somebody asked him how much money is enough. And he said, just one more dollar. Right. <laughs> it's always just one more. And I think it's easy to feel that way. Like, how do I know if I've done it? There's kind of two parts to it. There's knowing, um, there's doing enough and having enough. And those are kind of kind of two separate things. And you and I laying out our, our, um, our thoughts for this episode had talked about kind of identifying how the and splitting that from having enough and doing enough and um, there's definitely that that problem of not knowing what enough is because it's not like a college course where you fulfill these requirements and if you write five blog posts a week and record one podcast and make three new Twitter follow or get three new Twitter followers that you will get X result it's a lot more ephemeral than that and um, that was one of the things we talked about is as first of all as step one really identifying what your lifestyle goals are what is enough for you personally Personally, I, I want to add just a little nuance to the the different uh, difference between doing enough and having enough. There's no correlation between doing and having. 
Uh, no, no causation. I'm sorry. No causation. Uh, there is a correlation to oh, if you work really hard, you can have uh, results. But we all know people who work really hard that don't have much. Uh, I, I know a ton of people who work as laborers. You know, they, they work mm-hmm. in construction companies. They work really hard. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't have a lot. So, right. th- so, th- uh, so working really hard does not translate into having enough. Mm. If you get rid of that false assumption, then it makes it easier to set your goals as to what you're going to accomplish and what you want to have. Mm. Uh, because when you realize that, and uh, I guess I guess it's because the there's that uh, that cliche of work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of truth into it, and and that's uh, what we're going to go into today. Right, right. And I think that is an important distinction to make because so many of us come to this with that kind of work ethic of the harder you work, the more you will, quote unquote, succeed. But that's there's more to it than that, I think, is what, what we're getting at. That uh, sometimes, yeah, those two are correlated, like you said, but it's not necessarily so that the person who works at 100% effort makes twice as much as the person who works at 50% effort. There's definitely a lot more that goes into it oh, that we wanted to oh, talk yeah, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of people who just don't seem to be working a lot and do very well monetarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, the dollars are not directly related to to the, the effort that they're putting in. Right, right. So let's talk about what we laid out as step number one towards di- towards knowing what enough is or doing enough as a as a small business owner who wants a, a livable, enjoyable lifestyle. So we had step number one is identify your lifestyle goals and what is enough for you. So can you talk a little bit about that and what, what we were thinking about with that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, for what I was thinking, uh, which is always kind of random, identif- identifying your goals, I, I'm, I'm very specific in the things that I want to accomplish. I look at my business goals as not like, oh, if I do this, I'll make X amount of money. Mm-hmm. I look at, well, what do I want to do that I find that's very interesting and also corresponds with what my customers want? Because I, I don't like working on boring projects. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. And <laughs> that doesn't translate into earning a living. You know, just right. doing whatever you want to do doesn't always translate into earning a living. So that, that's what we want to do is to figure out where where the inter- intersection is between what it is that, that we want to do and what our customers want. Mm-hmm. And and there, there's uh, people out there with a different philosophy that says, you know, only focus on what your customers want. Uh, just focus on that side of it and then find a way to become passionate about uh, how you go about delivering mm-hmm. great products to people. Uh, personally, I, I'm, I'm somewhere in between that, uh, between the follow your passion and the money will come. Uh, well, that's not always the case. And I'm somewhere in between where I, I like doing things that I'm passionate about. And I can get, and I can also get passionate about what my customers want. Mm-hmm. So I try to find that intersection and I build goals around that. And then I then I have my separate goals as to what's enough because I, I, I want certain things out of my life, one of which is time. Mm. I, I like having my time to do as I please. And even though I like my work, I don't want to be doing it 24 hours a day. Right, 
Right. I think it really goes back to, I think there was that episode about freedom and talking about freedom of who you associate with, freedom of um, lifestyle in terms of location, freedom of how much you want to work, those type, freedom of, of choosing your tasks. I can't remember exactly what all those distinctions were, but definitely there's there's the money aspect, like what's enough money, but what's enough freedom, what's enough interaction, what's, there are a lot of different elements to defining that lifestyle that aren't that don't just have a dollar associated with them. I, I gave it I gave it a name that's really easy to remember. It's called Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't name it Lane. <laughs> uh, well, I hadn't come up with a good acronym for that. Uh, but it's uh, time, income, and money. Mm-hmm. People want okay, people that. want time, time freedom, income freedom, and mobility freedom. Mm-hmm. And when you when you have control of all all three of those elements then then you can have a a great life you know a very fulfilling life people have fulfilling lives when they don't have all three but i think there's this like magical nirvana when you have all three of them because because your life then is truly your own mm-hmm. you can make decisions that that benefit your family more because you're not uh, maybe maybe living somewhere else would be better for your entire family. Right. And so you say, okay, let's let's make that move because I can. I don't have to stay here because my job is here. Right. Yeah. Thing, things like that. And then some of those some of them can be tra- trade offs between the two. You may say, okay, I only want to really work ten hours a week. And I'm willing to take a lower income because it gives me time, freedom, and mobility. Um, or conversely, you could say I really want to have a very specific high income goal. And as a result, I'm willing to work more hours and possibly be less mobile or more mobile. Just those, those all play off against each other and, and, and um, may require gives and takes between them. Uh, to to a certain extent, but again, I would say there's more correlation than causation mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. them. Like a high income does not necessitate being uh, located in one spot. Right. Uh, you can you can make a high income and not and and be you know a complete nomad. Right. It, it, the po- the possibility is there because the technology mm. is there. So it's not a zero sum between high time means low income and vice versa or anything like that. So correct. Uh, but but the thing is, is there it being that there is a correlation between the amount of time you put into your work and the and the results that you get from your work. Right. If if you're only working four hours a week, you got a four hour work week. Well, those better be some super productive four hours. <laughs> So that kind of one thing I wanted to mention here is 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 the difference between someone who's starting a business and someone who's been in for a while who kind of can take take advantage of all the investment they've made earlier. Like when you're when you're first starting out from zero, your blog has zero hits, zero posts, you have zero Twitter followers. Do you think you're going to have to invest more time, effort, etc. than you do to keep that that ball spinning or the the wheel turning later on? Well, yeah, uh, business uh, business like pretty much anything in life, there's there's inertia. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, if, if things don't want to move, so you have to get them to move and you have to put a lot of effort into getting something to go from a state of not moving to moving. Mm-hmm. And you have to put in this this work. And a lot of people, 
hear like the four hour, you know, look at Tim Ferriss's mm-hmm. four hour work week and just think, oh, that's what I want. I just want the four hours. <laughs> and and they skip over the part in the book that essentially says, well, you got to build it first. Right. You've got to build the thing. Then you've got to build the systems. And then you've got to get the people in place to run those systems. And then eventually you have it where you could cut down to, say, four hours a week. Mm-hmm. Because there's systems in place, there's other people in place that are actually running this. Right. And and then you've got four hours of dedicated, focused management right. of of all these systems. Right. Uh, so so in the beginning, you have to work a lot mm-hmm. because at, at that point there is kind of a causation between the 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 amount of time you're working to what you're getting done because you have zero. Mm-hmm. And so you put in an hour of actual work, not not an hour of fake work, <laughs> like surf, surfing the internet. Well, I read like five blogs <laughs> that's in my in my industry. Uh, so that was work, right? No, that, that wasn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if it wasn't driving, building an audience, if it wasn't uh, getting people onto your email list, if it wasn't getting people to buy a product, if it wasn't building a product, then you weren't working. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or managing the systems that keep those things going and growing, then you weren't actually working. Right. As, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, that's it. I was going to say, if, okay, if step one was to identify that, that what you're looking for in terms of time, income, mobility, step two, obviously that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for a certain level that may not be apparent the day we quit our job and the next day sit down at our computer with the blank screen and the blank website and say, okay, I'm here to live my four-hour work week. You're saying we need to work, we're going to work towards that I- ideal lifestyle. We're working towards that. So do we, does it all come down to a dollar value? Like in step two, if we want to impose metrics on what we're aiming for when we talk about enough, does that lifestyle goal, can you put a dollar value on all those time, income, mobility, or would you, would you separate them out? I, I prefer a dollar amount based mm-hmm. upon the lifestyle I wish to live. Mm. Because okay. then that, that lets me know this is enough. So if if my goals are a quarter million a year and I hit that, and then if I start making more money above that, then I then I realize well anything that I'm doing from this point on is is just kind of gravy. It's just extra, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not. My life isn't dependent upon it. My lifestyle is not dependent upon mm-hmm. this this extra beyond that amount. If that's my goal. I think I think for a lot of people who are listening, they they are like, hey, you know, I just want to earn a living. Mm. But the problem is, we live in a culture that there's no such thing as that. It's always more, right. bigger, better, more. You you always have to have more. And not having a set number, like you didn't write down this this is the number that I want. <laughs> then then what happens is that number gets bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. because, and we've talked about this before with scope creep. Yeah. Well, we, we have that with everything we do. Right. So we'll have, uh, our bills will go up. Oh, I, I, well, I bought a, I bought a car. I didn't pay cash for it. So I, I got a loan on it. So now I've got a $500 a month payment on this car that I've always wanted. Now my income went up and now I've got a car and I decided, okay, I'm going to buy a bigger house. And so now now my 
a mortgage or, or maybe your rent is, is higher now. And, and as your income continues to go up, so do your expenses. And when you do that, then your lifestyle, go, uh, your, the goals that you may have set in the beginning of, oh, I just want to make a living, um, you find out, well, gee, I, I, at $100,000 a year, I can't make a living. Mm. At $200,000 a year, I can't make a living. Uh, you know, and it's like, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when before, maybe just a couple of years before that, you may have been living off of uh, $30,000 a year. Right. And, and yet now all of a sudden you can't, you can't live off of three times that amount. And that's because you didn't define what's truly enough. You just looked around at society and society said, there's no such thing. So therefore, you just try to keep up with what society says you should have. Which is that one more dollar. <laughs> yeah, one, one, one more dollar. One more dollar will, my life will be better. Exactly. One more iPhone. <laughs> one more right. iPhone upgrade. <laughs> and a lot of people think that way. A lot of people think that, okay, if I win the lottery, my life will be better. But all you have to do is look at the stories of all the people that were poor, won the lottery, and how their lives turned out. Mm-hmm. Most of them go broke within a few years, and they end up very miserable right. uh, in their lives uh, because they they never knew how to manage the money. So money is uh, is not a direct uh, cause to happiness. Mm-hmm. I, I see money as it will pay for a lifestyle. It will not buy you happiness, but it will buy you a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you have to determine what type of lifestyle is enough for you. Right. And that's why that's number one. Instead of the dollar value being number one, the, the identifying the lifestyle goals is number one. Then step term, number two is, like you said, put a dollar value on that so you know what you're aiming for. Right, okay. right. And, and then, then there's this other element that beyond lifestyle design is maybe, maybe you have a mission in life. Maybe you want to accomplish something uh, that's grander than yourself. And that may mean that you end up building a bigger business and not one that's just there to support a lifestyle. May, maybe you have that a drive in yourself that you wish to leave a legacy. Then, then something like that. Well, that has different goals. That ha- and and it has very little to do with money. It has very little to do with how you want to spend, uh, you know, your day. Whether whether you're wanting to be able to run off to, you know, a tropical island for for a week, uh, you know, at, at the drop of a hat. It has very little to do with that. It has everything to do with a, a mission. And you're trying to accomplish that, you know that that's a different kind of life choice. Are you talking about social issues like curing cancer or that sort of thing? Or are you talking about just I want to build the number one WordPress install blog in the world <laughs> or something like that service in the world? It, it, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one may may seem more altruistic on the surface. It's the same practice. Okay. The motivation is still the same. Right. Uh, somebody who wants to build uh, a big company that that affects the lives of millions of people, it, I think there's a lot that goes into that, that, that desire that goes into someone who does something for, say, a social cause mm-hmm. that affects, that they're hoping to affect millions of lives. Mm-hmm. You know, one, uh, and, and there may be some people who are going to disagree with me on that, that one truly is better than the other. Uh, I don't. I don't know that that's the case. I, I, what I'm saying is that the psychological drive it goes deeper than surface altruism. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and, and it goes to that idea of leaving a legacy and impacting millions of people. Right. So I think there's a lot... Uh, there's a lot to be said there. And I think a lot of people have that drive to be to want to leave their mark on the world. Mm-hmm. And in some way, some do it in a small way where they, they want to make sure their their family is uh, taken care of and, and others who, you know, want to make uh, work to feed children in uh, impoverished nations and, you know, things like that. People may have a drive that that they that they're doing, uh, you know, like Steve Jobs. I mean, he was he was uh, immensely wealthy and built one of the best companies in the United States at this time. And yet he kept working even when he was sick mm-hmm. and, and, and essentially right up until right before he died. Uh, why? Because he had a drive and a vision of, of how his company impacted millions around the world. And that, that's, uh, that's more important to a lot of people than money. Mm-hmm. How does that fit into our discussion in terms of the lifestyle goals? Is that just identifying at the beginning that that's what you want and realizing that that you may never be able to put a dollar value on it? Or is that, do you think it fits in in another way? Well, I, I, think, it, I think it fits two different, two different drives. Some people are looking for leisure uh, and and I don't mean leisure as in just sitting around doing you know nothing but in that they want to craft a business that is very self-centered and takes care of their immediate needs even their family needs or maybe even extended family needs but it's it's around a specific kind of life another has a mission to go bigger and beyond they want to improve the world on a much grander scale. So for those people, money isn't has very little to do with your goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- uh, money is well, I make more money and I plow it back into the mission. Right. And yeah, I may uh, and you may be like Steve Jobs and be a multi billionaire. Uh, you could be that kind of person where you're you're building something and everything gets plowed back into the success of it. And whereas uh, for a truly a lifestyle business where you're you're building it so that the money comes out of the business and funds your life mm-hmm. you know I, I i just see those as two distinct things because it sets up the kind of goals that you need to set right right and and how how you need to value your time and the things that you need to be working on mm-hmm. and, and and to be able to say well this is enough mm. Can someone like Steve Jobs, without getting us too far off off track here, but can someone like Steve Jobs say it's enough? Or do you set no. that by, okay, I'm only going to work 20 hours a day because I have to sleep the other four hours. <laughs> Those are his, that's enough for him. <laughs> he can live with uh, that. <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I think people who have that kind of drive, they they see sleep and, and bodily maintenance as a, distraction. <laughs> a, as a distraction from the mission. Right. Right. And so uh, sometimes these people have horrible uh, personal lives. And personal hygiene. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, sometimes where, you know, they may uh, uh, never, they may not leave the office for three or four days straight. Right, right. Uh, where they, they just, they're still in the same clothes they had on uh, on Monday and it's now Friday. Right. 
you know, there there's those people who have they have this burning desire to to get as much accomplished as they possibly can, and they can't stop themselves. And those those are the people. It's it's a mission. Right. I've seen I've seen those people who are also uh, who their their sole mission is dollars. Mm. And those tend to have even the worst kind of life. Uh, they tend to be very uh, addictive kind of people. Uh, and you see, you may see them in uh, sales organizations where you know they're constantly going. Uh, a lot of times, you'll see, you'll find people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol or something like that uh, because they're just addicted to the to the win. Right. And they see that dollar. I've got to make the next dollar. Uh, that's that's a completely separate motivation. Right. But we're really trying to address the people who we hope are the majority of our audience who take showers regularly, see their family, <laughs> <laughs> and want to live more of a balanced lifestyle, whatever that means to to them individually. Is that yeah, accurate? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I would I would get rid of the word balanced mm-hmm. um, because because life isn't right. Life isn't balanced. Uh, balance means that the work you do is is harmful or bad. It's not good for you. Uh, it's not good for your family. Uh, that's not really true. Right. Uh, work doesn't have to be bad. Most modern work is bad for all those things because you know it takes you it takes you away from your kids. It takes you away from your spouse or your significant other for well most of the day. Mm-hmm. Put you into an organiz- you're in you're in an organization that ends up causing very so- sociopathic type behaviors among a lot of people. Th- that's why we find like shows like The Office and that move uh, the old movie uh, Office, Office Space. Yeah. We we find those really funny because we've worked with those kind of people. Just like Dilbert, yeah. Everybody knew the Dilbert right, boss. Yeah. <laughs> right, you know, uh, and Dilbert's funny because of the fact that it's so true. Right. Right. And because it's sociopathic. And, and so we're in these kind of environments. So, yeah, they're, they're, this myth of work is bad for you has a lot of truth to it because a lot of modern work is kind of bad for you. It's bad for your you know, mental well-being and that of your families. And, and that's kind of uh, the mission of Foolish Adventure is for people who don't want that kind of life for themselves, that they are able to learn the skills to, to step away from it and, and focus on the things that are truly important in their life. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, our step number three, I think, is another real key point here where we talk about one was identifying your lifestyle goals. What is enough for you Two, put a dollar value on those goals? Three, choose strategic actions to make sure you're being, you're not just being busy, but you're actually being productive. And that's, that's one of the things you were alluding to earlier, where you'd see these people who are very, very busy and they're working 12 hours a day, but they're not actually doing anything. And (laughs) there's not that that there's not that causation between the doing and the results. So we wanted to make sure people realize that that busy activity isn't necessarily, is, is actually not what you're after at all. You're after the, the, the bang for the buck here. So how can you know when you're just being busy for the sake of being busy and when you know you're doing what you need to be doing to move the, the, the project forward? And you had a few checkpoints earlier when you were talking about, is it making money? Is it connecting you with your audience? Let's go back to those. Talk about those again. Okay. So I'll just sum it, sum that up as results. Mm. So your, your business is achieving results. 
you have goals. Uh, goals, uh, if they don't ever have, uh, don't ever come about, you know, they don't become results, are wishes, you know, they're dreams. If you have a goal, then is your goal actually getting fulfilled? Uh, is it coming about? Uh, well, if not, then you're not doing the right work. If you're not getting the results, you're not doing the right work. Maybe you uh, are doing what would be the right work for some other goal, and you're not able to take that that and say, okay, okay, that's that. If I was working on this other project, this would be perfect. But I'm doing this project, so I need to do different activities for it. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people don't measure that correctly. They they don't sit down and and think think these things through. They they look at, well, what's my job experience? They, they went and worked at some company and this is how they did things at that company. And they're there. That's, that's how I do things in my own business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was an employee at this place and this is how I did my stuff. I looked at managers and I kind of know what they were doing. So I'll do what they did. And then I come to my, my little small business I'm trying to get off the ground and I'm trying to do those same things and, well, gee, I'm not making any money. Mm. Or you look at vanity metrics. Uh, you see a lot of people who are in the, uh, the, the, it's a gigantic industry, blogging about how to be a blogger. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, lots of people jump <laughs> in, into that and say, or and even in the lifestyle design world, there's a lot of people like they're sell, trying to sell an ebook on how they quit their job and are backpacking through Thailand. Uh, and how are they able to afford that? Well, they're selling an ebook on how to <laughs> quit your job and backpack through Thailand. And so people look at some of these things and they go, oh, wow, you know, I need to do that. This, this, this blogger says, publish consistently. This blogger says, write uh, long pillar content. This blogger says, do this. And so I work on all those things and they may contribute to a result, but they're usually not the cause of a result. Mm. And you have to sit down and actually think through the you know causation from, from activities that you do to the results you're trying to get. How does that work at the beginning? When you're in the early stages and you're building from nothing, just like if you're building a brick and mortar store where you got to build the foundation before you can open the doors and people can actually come in and buy something. So there's some some element of that with online uh, businesses as well where you've got to have some place for people to go to. So creating a, a website isn't going to bring me dollars in and of itself, but it's a prerequisite for being able to you know, capture people's names on an email list or um, have a place to, to sell my, my products or that sort of thing? Um, yeah, gosh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not do my typical yes and no answer. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't do yes and no, it wouldn't be you. <laughs> right, right. It's like I, I'm, I'm always wary of all those guys who have – have like a definitive answer, you know, just yeah. do this thing because, well, it, it's usually not true. Right. It's not that um, simple. It's not that right. It, it, it never, it never is. Cause like, do you need a website to succeed online? Well, no, you, I mean, there's, I'm sure we could find instances of people who did not have a website and made money online. But again, what's your definition of success? Um, what is, what, what are your goals? If you just want to do a flyby, 
like on the warrior forum, a of special warrior special offer. <laughs> you could do that with basically nothing. But is that are you really creating? That's not a business. I mean, we talk a lot about having a business online, right? So it, to have an actual business, what are the what are the needs for that, and how do you break that down into? I don't want to get us too far off or too <laughs> too esoterical here, but well. I think it comes down, uh, we're talking about strategic uh, strategic actions, mm-hmm. which uh, stem from your results. Right. So uh, here's, uh, I want result A, so then I need to do this step uh, and this step and this step and this step mm-hmm. uh, to get me to A. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I said a lot of people automatically think, I need certain things to have a business. Right. I need business cards. I need uh, a desk, I need a computer, I need a website, I need uh, whatever. You know, there's, there's a lot of needs. And, and one of my sayings is that what you need to have a business is a customer. And that's, that's where you start. You start with, what, who are my customers? Where's, where's my market? Uh, what are the people, what do they need that I can provide? And it may not be that you actually need a website. I, I knew a guy... And I haven't talked to him in, in probably a year and a half. He had a website, but it was it was only there essentially to have a place to send JV partners. So he created a product, and then he would go out and do these uh, webinars with his uh, with a bunch of different JV partners, people who had an audience, people who went through the process of building up everything, and he just sent those people from the webinar to a sales page. So he didn't really have a website per se. He had a sales page for each uh, JV partner that he had. And all those people would be driven to that particular page and then they bought. Okay. And that that was his business model, which is not a truly sustainable model because you need to really start collecting those people and get them to become your customers and a part of your audience, your tribe, so to speak. Uh, to make it a sustainable thing, but it comes down to, well, what are my results? And when I say those steps to get to your result, that's a business model. Mm-hmm. What's your business model? Okay. So I'm, I'm very critical of things about when people say you need X. Right. And even with an online business, initially you don't need a website. You can figure out a way to provide value to a customer without it. So, but then, but then can you provide even more value to your customer by having a website, by having a home base, by building an audience? Can you provide more value that way? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So looking at the business model that you defined, figuring out what are the strategic actions, because nowhere in there does it say spend two hours on Facebook every day connecting with... What? You mean you mean that's not work? <laughs> For some people it might be. <laughs> Did you hear the collective gasp from our entire audience? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think most social social media stuff is not work. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people who like to pretend that it's the equivalent of brand uh, brand advertising. Mm-hmm. And I and with all brand advertising, maybe there's some truth in it, like uh, the saying that 50 percent of my advertising is wasted, but I don't know which 50 <laughs> yeah. percent. Uh, so social media is much like that. 
well, I'm having this conversation with somebody on Twitter. Will that translate into a sale? Well, maybe not from this particular person, but maybe someone who's reading this, uh, seeing this transact, uh, this conversation occur between the two of us, and then that spurs that person to become uh, an audience member of uh, of mine, and they decide, okay, uh, I'm going to buy a product. But you can't you can't measure that. You you can't measure most of what brand building is. But I think most of social media is just vanity and less actual business building. So to go back to our theme of enough, if people, and I'm sure most of our audience would say, well, I've got to be on Twitter at least some of the time. I've got to be on Facebook. I've got to be on LinkedIn, at least having a presence. How can they define what enough is when it is so, um, so unmeasurable? Uh, you could do like Gary Vaynerchuk and just say there is no such thing as enough and <laughs> uh, try to respond to every single person and try to connect with every single person. But I'm a lot more strategic than that. Right. Um, Which is what I, I want to get at. Yes. Yeah. I, I say on Twitter, I, and I, I enjoy Twitter, I, but I don't spend a lot of time on it. I use it as a conversation tool. Mm-hmm. And I connect on Twitter with people that I want to have a conversation with. This has allowed me to connect to people like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. I've, uh, you know, interacted with him. I've interacted with a lot of other people who were internet famous. And it was uh, email would have never gotten in touch with them. Right. But on, on Twitter, hey, and I'm checking out your stuff. I'm looking at this stuff. I've, I've been able to get some interviews by just contacting people on Twitter. Right. And it's, it's a very approachable thing, but I, I do it strategically. Well, why am I contacting this person? Why do I want to interact with them? Well, they have either knowledge that, that I want. I want them to come on to the Foolish Adventure Show. Or I think that by connecting with them in some way, networking with them in some way, that it, we will have a synergistic effect with my audience and their audience coming together and it builds something new that I can't foresee. You know, I've seen that, like my friend Dan Andrews from the Lifestyle Business Podcast, you know, he contacted me on Twitter and we, we ended up just starting a, a friendship out of that. And that's led to all kinds of things uh, that have helped out my business, helped out his business, you know, things that we wouldn't have foreseen. But there was strategy behind our initial contact mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. You weren't just getting on there and saying, my cat just fell asleep on my lap and sending a photo of it. <laughs> Isn't she cute? <laughs> right, right. The yeah, breakfast yeah, that... post. <laughs> Eating well, Wheaties for breakfast. <laughs> th- that can be strategy too. It, it typically isn't. Right. But say you, you have, you're building an audience and, and one thing that I don't talk about on Foolish Adventure is health. And health is a huge part of being able to build a successful business. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not healthy, you're probably not going to build a successful business because it takes a lot of energy to do that. So I could say, oh, here's what I'm having for breakfast contributes to the bigger conversation that I'm having about uh, health in relation to building a business. Okay, Okay, that that's strategic. But if I just say, hey, you know, I had Wheaties this morning (laughs) and people like, "Uh, okay, (laughs) 
I don't care. Right. But if but if I said, well, I had Wheaties because I'm testing, like Tim Ferriss does. I love mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss because mm-hmm. he tests at like everything. Right. Uh, I, I I like testing, but he's like you know Takes obsessive compulsive level. about. Yeah, <laughs> His yeah. Mission is testing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I just find that uh, immensely fascinating. Let him go through all that work, <laughs> and. And he would say something like, well, I'm eating these Wheaties because because I'm testing some aspect on my health. Right. Right. And so his audience would go, oh, and and maybe even run out and buy a whole bunch of Wheaties, you know. (laughs) Through his affiliate Uh, link, hopefully. Right. right, Through through his affiliate link. So, So that's strategic. You know, for Tim Ferriss to talk, because he talks a lot about health and he's got his four hour body book that's out. That that's the same kind of it, it strategic, right? But most people don't ever try to think about mm. that. So what we're saying here on the step three, choosing strategic actions, is really deciding, having a reason for why you're doing what you're doing beyond just Guru X told me I should be on Facebook. <laughs> uh, yeah, re- recently Dan Dan and I did a, an episode of Foolish Adventure about do what we do, not what we say. <laughs> Because of because of that whole problem of correlation versus causation, right? And uh, a lot of gurus out there will say, you know, do this because it worked for me, and do this because it worked for this other person. And I, I wish I could honestly say that to people: do this, and and that's how it's going to work out. Right. But it, but it usually doesn't. It, it doesn't work out exactly the way it's said by the guru. Mm-hmm. Because there's testing involved, there's tweaking, there's uh, things that have to change on the fly. So strategy is great, you know, when you have a plan, like this is what I'm going to do, but you got to be willing to change it up when the conditions on the ground prevent your strategy from working effectively. Which really ties into our step number four, which was to assess your results. So if you do feel like what you're doing isn't working you, that is a definite sign you could be doing the wrong things. Yeah, it, it is clearly a sign you're doing the wrong things. Well, what if, I mean, just to stop you there on that, what if, we're again, we're at the beginning stage, and I come to you and I say, Tim, I built my website yesterday, and I still haven't made my million dollars. <laughs> I did everything I was supposed to do. <laughs> you know, obviously, people have to give it time at the beginning, and sometimes it's just chipping at that rock before you break through, that you do have to put in effort that doesn't see, that isn't immediately rewarded with results before the results come. That, that is completely true. You know, you do, ha- you have to be persistent. And you have to work through the, the down cycles in a business. And there, there always are those things. And I say the reason that if you're doing things and you're not getting the results, uh, I, I d- we didn't even specify like a time frame for that right. uh, in, in, this, in this whole talk. Right. Um, because I don't know what the time frame is going to be. I've, I've seen people take information, uh, you know, marketing information, and within a couple of days make several thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And I've seen other people who get essentially the same information and never make any money with it. 
and maybe they, you know, uh, part of it's that they never used it. Part of it, they just, you know, did it um, half-assed. You know, they just, oh, I did a little here and a little there. And they didn't really just dedicate themselves to accomplishing the result. And then there's just some, it just it just doesn't work in their marketplace or in their, their special mix of their audience in their industry. It didn't work exactly as it was laid out. And they just didn't go through the effort to change their tactics as as they're moving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully that that kind of makes uh, makes some sense right so there's there's a question of I mean some people it's just a matter of time and some people what they're doing is never going to pay off no matter what they're they're doing because they're doing the wrong thing right right what's his name uh, the book the dip oh um, um Seth Godin Seth Godin yeah uh, the dip I thought was kind of a lame book but a lot of people have liked it uh, <laughs> Because the big problem is, is everything that's worth doing ends up going into this dip where it gets really hard. If you, if you want to be a great athlete, if you want to be a great business person or, or even just make a living in, in something brand new, it, it's difficult. It takes, it takes effort. You have to learn and you have to take that learning and put it into action. You have to, uh, you know, just keep at it, you know, that persistence. Well, it gets, uh, there's a lot of times where it just gets into this dip where things get really difficult. They don't look like they're going anywhere. And then it just comes down to, I think, self-belief. And the, the one thing with like the dip that I didn't really get from the book was, well, how do you truly make that decision uh, of when do you uh, fish or cut bait, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, when do I stop doing this activity because it's never going to pan out? Right. Or when do I keep going? I think a lot of things can be successful as long as you keep going. You can you can turn it around. You can make it successful. But uh, maybe you have some opportunity costs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Russell Simmons. I don't know if people know him or not. He's got a billion-dollar business, clothing, um, uh, entertainment. Uh, he was a rapper and uh, started producing rap and things like that. Became And he's got a billion-dollar-a-year company. Hmm. And he said that every one of his businesses was a failure until it wasn't. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. And a lot of them took many years right. before they became a success. Right. Uh, with his uh, record company, you know, he, he struggled with it for like six years before it took off. Mm-hmm. And everyone around him said he was crazy. And it's, well, what if he would have quit at five and a half years? What, what, what if Russell would have quit at three years? What if he had quit at one year instead of continuing to work until it became a success? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you know that people are, uh, my mentor, Joe Polish, he, he had a story where he went out with a friend uh, to go jet skiing on a lake. And he heard that there was going to be this multimillionaire who was going to be coming out too. And so he went there and asked the guy, I, uh, what can I do to, to make a lot of money? Like, what kind of business can I go into? And he's like, because my business is failing. This, this carpet cleaning business, I'm, I'm in debt. I'm paying to work. I'm uh, you know, taking money from my credit card so that I can, I can pay to, <laughs> to work, uh, in, you know, cleaning people's carpets. Uh, what other business can I get into? And the guy asked him, well, are other people succeeding in your industry that, that you feel are making really good money? He's like, yeah, there's s- several companies that make at least a million dollars a year. So then he said, so it's not the industry that's the problem. <laughs> right? It's you. I love that. You're the problem. 
And if you start another business, you'll carry the same problems that you have right now into another business and you're going to fail there too. So what you need to do is find out how to become successful like the other people in your industry. Mm-hmm. And because then if you know other people are making good money in your industry, therefore it's not the industry's problem. Right. There is money there. That's such it's a just, good question. <laughs> right. And so, so if you've decided to pick a particular industry and you're not succeeding, well, then take a look at, at the people who are. Right. And if you look around and no one else is either, <laughs> well, then I would say you probably want to drop that one. That's a great question. I mean, that gives somebody something to really to hold themselves up against. So when you are assessing results, if you say, I, you know, I, I worked X three months on my blog in the cake decorating industry and I'm not making any money yet, then they can say, okay, is anybody making money in this industry? Yes, they are. So what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing that they're doing or what am I, what am I doing that they aren't doing? And adjust from there. So there's money. Yeah, th- I mean, that, it's interesting how people see competition as a negative thing, but I think it, it's a very healthy sign if it's successful competition. Yeah, uh, and also looking at, at trends, because sometimes you look at certain industries and they're declining. Mm. And it's like, well, why would I want to go in and compete for a smaller pie? Right. Every year the pie gets smaller. I don't want to compete on that. Right. But then, But then you look at those industries like uh, uh, steel mills uh, uh, used to be gigantic in the United States and then they collapsed. Uh, Why? Well, because they were still doing things from a hundred years ago when the technology had changed and many steel, uh, steel mills were coming out and they didn't invest in that. Because they had all this money and, and everything wrapped up in, into the status quo that their industry was in decline, and instead of instead of trying to find a new industry, you know, which they could have, they could have just changed the way they made steel, and they would have stayed successful. Mm-hmm. Some industries that are in decline, you can go, okay, it's in decline, but the the people didn't go away, right? The people are still out there; they still spend money, right? So people were still buying steel, but they were buying it in a different way. Yeah. You know, this is exactly what was going on with the scrapbooking industry, you know, which is the industry for those of you who aren't familiar with my story. That's the industry I work in. Um, my my business, my online business is in that. And I was an editor for a print magazine. And several of the print magazines went out of business. Quite a few of the manufacturers went out of business. But it wasn't that people weren't scrapbooking. They were buying their products from the big box stores like Walmart and Michaels and the this setup for magazines, for print magazines, that was happening across the board for all print media, not just scrapbooking. So that's why I looked at it and said, it's not that people aren't scrapbooking. The scrapbookers are still there. We just need to reach them differently. So that's, right. Yeah. Yeah, and and so that that may be the thing. You look at your results and you're trying to do exactly what someone else in your industry is doing and you think they're successful, but maybe they're just (laughs) living off of their previous successes. Mm and are truly on on the decline but you can't see it as an outsider yet and you're trying to mimic what they do right in those cases you may say oh i need to find a way to innovate in this market right right you know i'm 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 passionate about this market but uh, the way the way i'm going about it isn't working so therefore i need to find a new way to engage the customers that that are still out there yeah 
you know what, that might be a great topic for another show because I think that really takes us down another path of judging the health of an industry or a niche. And, <laughs> and uh, I don't want us to get too far from our outline. So. <laughs> well, you know, if, uh, uh, we're 50 something minutes in into this and uh, and we're, we're wrapping up soon. So those that are listening. Yeah. So you're you know, you don't want us to go on another tangent. No, huh? no. <laughs> okay. So, so let's let's jump on to the uh, to number five. Which was step your five. favorite one? Why don't you start with that one? Enjoy your life. Step five is to enjoy your life because uh, this is it. Right. I mean, th- this is all we got. Uh, you, uh, this is this is the life we have, and you, you need to enjoy it. You need to find a way to enjoy it. If you're if you're unhappy with your business, if you're unhappy with your job, if you're unhappy with the the circumstances in your life, realize that you chose what you have, which means you can unchoose what you have. And I say, enjoy your life. Uh, there is enough. There's more than enough in this world for for everyone. You need to take the time to say, okay, I'm turning off the computer. I'm going to enjoy my family. I'm going to enjoy my friends. And I'm going to enjoy this wonderful world in which we live. Such wise words from one so young. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm being facetious, but it is great, great information. Because we, we lose sight of the fact of why we're doing this and not only why we're doing it in a long-term sense, but why we're doing it in terms of day-to-day. And we're not living for three years from now when, our, when we're a success. We're living for now. And that's why we talk about lifestyle. Lifestyle's now, not just when we've reached all those goals. We've got to enjoy the process while we're getting there too. Yeah, I, that's why I really like the phrase that Tim Ferriss popularized uh, that he got from uh, some a teacher that he had, which was the deferred life plan. Mm. Our society is based upon the deferred life plan. Sometime in the future, you're going to have the life of your dreams. And our, all the marketing you see is based on that. Mm-hmm. Buy, buy this BMW. <laughs> and in the future... Sometime in the future, no specified time, but sometime in the future, you will be very attractive to the opposite sex. You will be a successful uh, person in your career. You know, you'll be all these different things if you just owned this thing. Right. Because it's, it's, it's a desire we all have, which is to enjoy our lives. We can easily be psychologically tricked into thinking that it's going to be in the future. Right. That right, right now may suck. But in the future, it's all going to be better. <laughs> uh, you're you're going to retire wealthy. You're going to uh, you're going to age gracefully. You you know you're going uh, you know you're going to live forever. Uh, you know all, all these things are all promises for the future that that people can use to sell to you because you aren't enjoying what you have right now. Right. And what we want to say is, even in this moment, if even if you want more, if your enough is set at a higher level, you can still enjoy today. And if you're not enjoying the days, the chance that you're going to enjoy your overall life is pretty low. Yeah, if, if you can't enjoy today, the likelihood is you won't enjoy tomorrow. Right. I think that sounds like a good place to wrap it up. So I'm going to. I think so, I think so. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to just review real quick the idea of enough and uh, how we can easily get lured into thinking that there is never enough. But we want to give you five ways to to address that. And we've done that by um, helping you define 
exactly what it is your lifestyle goals are and putting a dollar value on those, making sure you're choosing strategic actions towards your goals and making sure you're assessing along the way to see if you need to adjust and then also enjoy the process and the outcome. So that's going to do it for today. And until the next time, enjoy your foolish adventure. You've just listened to the Foolish Adventure Show with Tim Conley. To get more straight talk about making money online and building a successful internet business, go to foolishadventure.com. There, you can opt into the Freedom File newsletter. You'll also get access to the Foolish Guide to Launching Products video training module, over an hour and 20 minutes of business building knowledge that can generate tens of thousands of dollars for your new product. Enjoy your Foolish Adventure.